Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle. Let's get rolling with today's episode. So this past week, as you well know, it was a bye week for your Kansas Jayhawks football program. And I think the bye week came at the perfect time for the Jayhawks, not just because they were dealing with a lot of injuries. They were dealing with a lot of injuries, not just because it's in the middle of the season. And I think that getting a bye week in the middle of the season is really key because you don't want to have the bye week too early. You don't want to have it too late. You want to have it right there in the middle. So week eight, week nine of the college football season is a great spot right there in the middle of October to get that bye week, to get freshened up, and to get ready to go for the home stretch of the season. And another good thing about having the bye week right there at the end of October is you can take that weekend to go spend time at the pumpkin patch with the family and have a good time, an an excuse to not have to sit at home and watch football on a Saturday. Although I do love just sitting at home and watching football on a Saturday. That's one of my favorite things to do in the fall. But when you have a weekend to not have that on your plate where you can just go out and have a good time with the family, especially on Halloween weekend, that was a that was a good time for the bye week for us Kansas Jayhawk fans. But anyway, not only did the Jayhawks get a chance to rest up, heal up during the bye week and regroup because, let's be honest, KU going into the bye week on a three-game losing streak, not ideal. They did start the season 5-0. and but right now, sitting at 5-3 and three on the season, still a lot better than what some people thought they were going to be going into the season. But after the 5-0 and start, you wanted to see a little bit more heading into the bye week. So they had the chance to get healthy, regroup a little bit after some tough losses, and us fans could rest our voices and get ready for the second half of the season because there's still a couple of key home games left for your Kansas Jayhawks, including this weekend. Oklahoma State coming to town. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Also got Texas coming to town in the middle of November. So still a couple of big home games, and they're going to need you out there at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. So not only do the players get a chance to heal and rest up and get rejuvenated, but also us fans get to have a time to uh, have a week to get rejuvenated as well, get ready for this home stretch. But, During the bye week, we got to see something that has not been done in a while at the University of Kansas. And that's right. During the bye week, your Jayhawks landed a five-star transfer prospect. So this is the first time in in recent memory that not only do you get a five-star recruit, but a five-star transfer coming in to the Kansas Jayhawks football program. They got Logan Brown, a five-star offensive lineman from Wisconsin. He actually has been in the Wisconsin program since 2019. This year he started three games for the Badgers. And Brown was released from the football program at Wisconsin. I don't know all the details on that. But they're saying he was released. He wasn't meshing well with the new head coach there at Wisconsin. So he wanted out. He wanted, uh, they wanted him out. (laughs) 
and now he's eligible to uh, join the transfer portal, and he chose the University of Kansas. So Brown won't be eligible to join the Jayhawks until January 2023. He's got to wait till next semester to transfer in and make it official. But this could be an immediate impact player for the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, we know what Lance Leipold did last offseason, bringing in 19 transfers from the transfer portal, the most of any Big 12 team, and that pretty much flipped the script for the Kansas Jayhawks football team. Lance Leipold had his own recruits, plus the transfer portal recruits, and then used some of those guys left over that were starters already on the team to make this team what it has become one game away from bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008. But what's unique about having a five-star offensive line recruit coming in from Wisconsin is that he's going to bring an immediate competition there at left tackle next season for the Kansas Jayhawks. Coming into his collegiate career, he has not panned out exactly how they wanted him to at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is an absolute machine in making offensive linemen uh, turn pro. So going to Wisconsin and being a five-star offensive lineman at Wisconsin isn't anything new, but trying to beat out other good offensive linemen there uh, who are going to end up going on to the NFL uh, it, it seems like Brown just had a little bit of trouble there. So having a fresh start at Kansas next year, coming into uh, Lance Leipold's offense, being able to now, – now the current left tackle, Earl Bostic Jr., will be gone next year. He's in his final season at Kansas. He'll be going to the NFL next year. So they're going to have an opening at left tackle next year. Whether he's going to compete at left tackle, right tackle, we aren't really sure yet. We'll find out when he comes into campus and when they have that battle next spring. But this uh, Logan Brown coming from Wisconsin seems like it could be a great fit for Kansas. You're going to have a open competition at left tackle, and Brown could come in and make an immediate impact for the Kansas Jayhawks in 2023, protecting the quarterback's blind side and Brown will definitely be in the mix. Whether he starts or not, obviously we're not going to know till next year, but this is a good start. This is a good thing for the Kansas football program, a good thing for Lance Leipold, uh, being able to bring in a five-star recruit mid-season in the transfer portal. Obviously he can't start till 2023 next year, but just getting a five-star prospect like that to Kansas is something that you wouldn't even think about even a year ago. So this is all looking up for the Kansas football program. Next year, you're going to probably most likely have Jalen Daniels back in the mix at quarterback. And uh, you're still going to have your good running back room, Devin Neal, everybody else. Uh, Daniel Hyshaw should be back from his injury next season as well. So the Kansas offense is really still going to have a lot of firepower in 2023 so that's something to look forward to the transfer logan brown coming in from wisconsin very excited about that news and wanted to share that with you off the top of the show today also some more football news in the bye week speaking of quarterback jalen daniels he was back at practice this week on monday so not only 
Are you talking about your transfer that you're going to get for next year? Some good news there. But for this season, we weren't sure how long Jalen Daniels was going to be out. Uh, Lance Leipold doesn't like to talk about injuries. Doesn't In the NCAA, you don't have to disclose injuries. So unlike the NFL, when you have to give a weekly injury report, you don't have to do that in college football. So we were kind of left in the dark on Jalen Daniels, how severe the injury was, everything like that. Or initially, I saw that Daniels would probably be out four to six weeks. And it, as of this Saturday, whenever they'd be playing again, that would be the four-week mark. So seeing him back at practice already, that is a great sign for the Kansas Jayhawks quarterback and being able to come back from that injury that he suffered against TCU just a little over three weeks ago. And if you want him back in the starting lineup against Oklahoma State, if he's healthy enough, I think you do it. I'm not a doctor. They obviously know more than me, the coaches, the training staff, everybody that's been around Jalen Daniels as he's been recovering from this shoulder injury. They know what's best for him. They knew when it was time to start practicing. They're going to know if he has the strength in the shoulder to be able to play through it or to be able to get out there and not risk more injury to it. And that'll be something to watch as the week goes along. Now, Jason Bean has not played poorly this during this stretch of games that he's taken over as the starting quarterback. Now, yes, the Jayhawks are 0-2 with... Jason Bean as the starting quarterback. They're 0-3 in games that he's played in significant time. Uh, But he's played pretty well overall. He's had some interceptions that have been a little bit questionable. But overall, Jason Bean has played pretty well. Now, the interesting thing about Jalen Daniels potentially coming back this week, Kansas now has him listed as started quarterback right next to Jason Bean. So it says Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean listing at started quarterback. So this is one of those things that's going to probably be a game-time decision. They don't want Oklahoma State to know who's going to be the starter until pretty much game time. Both of them could be warming up out there, and they still won't know who's going to be starting until that first series. So this is one of those things that Lance Leipold is going to use to his advantage. Oklahoma State's going to have to plan and prepare for two quarterbacks this week. They're going to have to go through all the film. And this is an Oklahoma State team that's coming off a 48-0 loss to Kansas State. So this is this is huge for Kansas, just being able to have this slight advantage of not being able or or being able to hold withhold some information and not telling Oklahoma State who their starter is going to be because that's just more time spent for Oklahoma State coaches and players looking at extra film and potentially throwing off the scent of who's going to be the starter this week. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, you want Jalen Daniels back in there. He was a Heisman Trophy contending candidate when he was the starter. 5-1 and one as a starter this year, of course. He got hurt in the middle of the TCU game that Kansas ended up losing by only seven points. If Daniels plays the whole game, who knows? Maybe they do win. He was having a a little bit of a struggle that first half, actually, before he got hurt. But in the second half, both offenses came alive. So 
really no telling who wins that game if Jalen Daniels continues to play. But this is one of those things where, like I said, Leipold's just going to wait till the last second to declare who the starter is going to be. You want Daniels out there if he can be fully healthy, if he's not going to risk re-injury. But the good news is you still have Jason Bean in there who can give you a solid production at the quarterback spot if they want to save Daniels for another week when they're going to be playing Texas Tech the following week after Oklahoma State. So another name to keep an eye on this week, cornerback Kobe Bryant, the Hawk Mamba. He left the game a couple of weeks ago against Oklahoma, got carted off the field. It looked like a really bad injury. Looked like a potential season-ending injury, but just like I said for the Jalen Daniels injury, Lance Leipold has not shed any light on this Kobe Bryant injury. We don't know the severity of it. We haven't known. They haven't let us know. So right now it's just been speculation on what's happened with the Kobe Bryant injury. The good news, he was back at practice this week as well. So they could have two big-name players coming back to the team this week, one on offense, potentially in Jalen Daniels, starting quarterback. That would be huge. And then Kobe Bryant, your best cornerback, could be coming back as well. That that would just be huge to have both of them back on the, on the field, not just for your football on-the-field play, but also in the locker room, the morale of having those two guys back on the field is huge. And they could, uh, they could both make a big difference in a game against a top-20 team in Oklahoma State. Uh, having that extra bye week to plan and prepare for Oklahoma State is big. Having those two guys back in the fold would be huge as well. So let's get on to talking about this Oklahoma State game. The Jayhawks are going to be hosting number 18 Oklahoma State at David Booth Kansas Memorial Field this Saturday, 2.30 in Lawrence, Kansas. And I'm just going to say it, guys. You need to get out there, just like you did the first five games of the season. Just like you were out there for the TCU game when college game day was there. Just like you were out there for Duke. Just like you were selling it out every game to start the season. These Kansas Jayhawks need you out there. They need you loud. They need to keep Oklahoma State on their heels when they're on offense. We just saw last weekend Kansas State shut out Oklahoma State's offense. And this is a huge game for Kansas. A win would make them bowl eligible for the first time since 2008. Before the season, a lot of people had this as obviously an Oklahoma State win, myself included. I had this penciled in as a seven-point win for Oklahoma State before the season. But as the great Lee Corso from ESPN's College Game Day says, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. The, the Cowboys... Just looked absolutely pathetic last week when their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, left the game due to an injury. And really before he left for the injury, their offense just wasn't doing anything and their defense couldn't stop the Wildcat offense. The Jayhawks offense is obviously the strength of this team. The Kansas defense has struggled. So if you get backup quarterback Gunnar Gundy, who is head coach Mike Gundy's son, he would be the starter if Spencer Sanders can't go for the Cowboys on Saturday. If that's the case, you've got to think that Kansas might be favored to win that game. Before the week started, Kansas was a three-and-a-half-point home underdog. 
The line has already moved closer to the middle in favor of the Jayhawks. Now they're only a two-point underdog as of the recording of this podcast. And I think that line's going to keep moving closer to Kansas as the week goes along, especially with the potential of Jalen Daniels coming back, the potential of Kobe Bryant coming back on defense, and just seeing how bad Oklahoma State looked last week against Kansas State. I think that the line's going to keep moving toward Kansas in this one as the game gets closer. So for this one, as I'm looking at a prediction, like I said, before the season, I thought that the Cowboys would probably beat the Jayhawks by about a touchdown going to this one. Kansas actually played Oklahoma State pretty closely last year on the road, which was a bit surprising. But seeing what Kansas has done this year, how they always play every team close, even if they're not winning the game, they were within a touchdown of TCU. They were within 10 points of Oklahoma on the road. They covered the spread there. They were within 10 points of Baylor. Ended up losing by 12 points, but that was because Baylor scored a touchdown late. But they played solid games on the road against Baylor and Oklahoma as well. Their defense let them down, but they have what it takes on offense to keep up with all these teams in the Big 12, which is something that you might not have said before the season started. So going into this one, not only do we need Jayhawk Nation to show up and be loud and be proud out there at the booth, we need the players to show up as well. We need the defense to show up in a big way. They've seen on film this week what Kansas State did to the Oklahoma State offense. The Kansas defense needs to make something happen this week. The Kansas offense, we know that they can score points. We know that they can make plays against this Oklahoma State defense. It's going to come down to the defense showing up, making plays, and helping Kansas become bowl eligible for the first time since 2008. And I think they can do it. I think they can make enough plays to come out on top, get the win at home in front of the home crowd, beat a top 20 team, become bowl eligible for the first time since 2008, and I want to see you Jayhawk fans taking the goalpost down to Mass Street for a massive party this Saturday against after they beat Oklahoma State. I'm taking Kansas 34-27 to in a win over Oklahoma State, and I think that you Kansas fans are going to have a great time out there in Lawrence on Saturday. Get your tickets, get out there, be loud, be proud for your Jayhawks, and go support your boys in blue. It's going to be a fantastic Saturday. 2.30 kickoff. It's going to be on Fox Sports 1, FS1. So if you can't make it out to the game, definitely watch it. Or uh, you can always listen to it on the radio as well, 810 Sports in Kansas City. But this is going to be a classic game. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it could be uh, one score either way, but I do think Kansas is going to pull it out and win it by a touchdown. One more thing to get into really quick before we close out the podcast today. The Big 12 signed their new television deal. So they are getting a new six-year media rights agreement with ESPN and Fox, and that's going to run, their extension is going to run through the 2030-2031 season, and that's huge for not only the Big 12, but for your Kansas Jayhawks as well. 
to feel some security here in the Big 12. So that about does it for today's episode. You can get at me on Twitter at Talker at Mark the Overseer. We can keep the conversation going there. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Give it a five-star review. Give it a rating. Give it a review, and we'll go from there. You can always pass this along to a friend if you think they'd enjoy this podcast. You can check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. And until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.